Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney, are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. And welcome to Habs Unfiltered, episode 313. I'm your host, Blaine Pudvay, and I'm joined by my co-host, Matt Smith. Good afternoon. And a special guest, Grant McCagg of Recruits.ca. Welcome to the show. Howdy. Well, we're glad that you were able to, you know, take time out of, you know, jumping on to uh, Tony Marinero's show to join us little guys. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> the big time. Yeah. I promise I'm... we won't sing anything. I'm missing uh NFL uh playoff game too. That's how important you guys are on oh, my pecking well, it's order. Early. So <laughs> as long as we're not it's more early. than three hours as long as we're not more than three hours, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> I think we'll be done before that. Yeah. Whew. Good stuff. I gotta watch the end of that football game myself, so yeah. Yeah, I would so, usually wait uh, till after halftime, you know. I'm not a yeah, I'm not that big of a football fan because it's I think there's 10 minutes of action in three and a half hours, you know. Uh I used to I used to record them and watch them later and you fast I, I discovered that there's actually only 10 minutes of action in three and a half hours. So you can wrap it up pretty quick. It's it is the way to do it if you don't have to see it in real time and you know, the spoilers, if you're not on social media and getting all the spoilers, but anyway. Well, that's why you have the tailgating prior too. you get super drunk and you don't notice. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, For, uh, for those watching or listening, uh, you'll notice that Treg is not with us. He is uh, currently on his way to Newfoundland for recruiting drive. So anybody up in uh, Newfoundland, Labrador regions, um, if you see him, please don't throw tomatoes because he's going to be wearing a white shirt. So just flip him the bird. Recruiting uh, weightlifters or what's he recruiting? Uh, no, no, uh, for the military. The weightlifter yeah. thing, well, less competition for him, the better, I that's, guess. That's how he's bringing the recruits in. He's like, yeah. this is what the military does for you. <laughs> These are the guns that we could afford. Boom, yeah, boom. yeah. <laughs> right on. Uh, so for this episode, we're going to go through Grant's uh, draft rankings. We'll discuss a little bit about where you have guys placed, why, and uh, we'll we'll riff off that a little bit. So just to kick it off, um, I wanted to start 
with the end of the first round. I don't want to get into the top five yet. I want to save something for later in the show so people watch through the whole thing. Got it. Because it's, you know, it's dicey. We don't know who's going to go number one. Yeah, I guess I better, I guess I better bring them up here, right? Eh? Because I don't, certainly don't have them memorized. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah, I know. Eh? Hard to believe. Well, you just, uh, you just completed your list and released it today as we record. It's Sunday the 29th. So if uh, anyone wants to see that, they should go to recruits.ca and subscribe. Released less than a half hour ago, in fact. Good timing. Super fresh. It's almost like it was on. planned. I appreciate you having me on for sure, guys. I'll jump on the side. Anytime. We like having you here. Good. Uh, now, uh, Matt, did you have anything you wanted to start with near the end of this uh, this first round? Uh, so you have two goaltenders. Uh, ranked Correct. between between 24 and 29. Seeing yep. that we're a Canadian-based show, do you think that if the uh, Canadians have that third round, that third first round pick that Hughes is apparently sought after right now, um, do you think that they make a, a goaltending selection with one of those picks or with that pick? They may do it with the Florida pick. Wow. Um, I think uh, history has shown in the last few years that uh, if there's a goalie that's really highly touted or two, uh, they go in the top, you know, 10 to 20 range. And that's obviously where the, the Panthers, I think, it, unless they make the playoffs and go on a run, right. Right. probably going to be somewhere in the 10 to 20 range. Right. And if the Canadians really do like one of these goalies and obviously there's a need uh and they think that other teams are also going to try to pick them in the teens, then uh, it would not surprise me that uh, Harabal or Bjarnason is picked with the Florida pick by the Canadians. And if okay. not, and if it looks like they're, you know, they're going to go somewhere in the 20 to 30 range or 32, I guess, um, then yeah, certainly with the third pick, uh, if either of them are on the board, I think the Canadians will, uh, look at that very strongly okay uh i think uh, you know uh, quite often in recent years you, you, obviously teams are reticent to take a uh, goalie in the first round usually and often it's a team with multiple first round picks and that's the canadians this year plus they uh they have a they have a need so like that i they think do, that, that they uh, do pretty well every, you know forwards and defense are stocked well and and the one real big need in the in the prospect system i do believe is a legitimate uh starting goalie and uh i think that those two guys are have that potential right and would you say that uh you know you, you they've been really on the back of carry price for years and and they kind of just you know we we have carry price we don't need to get a goaltending prospect do you do you think that that kind of is the reason that right now they're in the situation that they're in yeah, partly, you know, um, they didn't have a lot of high picks or or more than one first round pick in any of those years either. Right. And uh, I mean, it didn't really make sense to when you had a perhaps the best goalie in the world. And, uh, you, you know, I mean, it, you couldn't foresee the injuries happening, but 
if he if he stayed healthy, he still, you know, he'd, he'd still be one of the best goalies in, in the uh, league. So Absolutely. Uh, it, it didn't really make sense to to pick a goalie in the it that high at least. Right. But I, I, you know, I don't think they picked the goalie in the top three rounds for quite a while, have they? If no, not that I, not that I can think of. It's been quite a while since they even took one in the top three rounds. So no. they're due. Yeah, it's been you know five, six, seven, right? Yeah, last little while. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now you have you have Rabel at twenty four, and you have Yarnison at twenty nine, and I think there might be another reason why you have Rabel a little bit higher. It's not just the fact that he's six foot six and a half versus the six foot three uh, Yarnson. Is it partially as well due to the fact that Rabel is going to be going to the NCAA route, therefore they'll hold his rights longer? Uh, no, I don't. Uh, I try not to rank guys based on, you know, on that. Uh, certainly, though, I think NHL teams will consider that when they're making their pick that, you know, they may end up uh, saying, well, we, maybe we should take this guy because we'll have a little more time to develop him before we have to sign him and uh, turn him pro. Uh, that's a good point on, on Rabel and uh, Rabel or whatever. I'm not sure how, how you pronounce it. It's one or the other. That Czech guy, the big Czech guy. He, yeah, and uh, that certainly will be appealing uh, as well. And uh, but I think the main reason, and you stated it already, that six six, you know, he's six six. That gives him that gives him the edge. They can't teach size. No, exactly. He, you know, he's covering the net quite well. Yeah. Now, net essential scouting has. Uh... Rabel set as the number one goaltender in North America. So I, there's, there's some, there's some mixed feelings here. I mean, they, a lot of other lists have uh, Rabel a little bit higher versus Bjarnson. So what was it for you that made the difference? Uh, what the NHL scouts are telling me. I honestly am not, uh, uh, I'm not a great goalie scout. I don't think by any stretch of the imagination. I, I, uh, I rely on on the NHL guys to to give me a lot of feedback on on goalies. And um, you know, my list uh, is usually very much shaped by the opinions of NHL scouts. You've got yeah. one more. You've got one more guy that I noticed on your list um, in Trey Augustine young goalie for uh, the U.S. National Development Program. Uh, played to the World Juniors. Uh, mm -hmm. Was a little bit kind of hung up to dry there a couple times with a, a defense core that's very mobile and, and kind of, you know, allowed him to take a few more shots than what he should have. Um, mobile in one direction. Yeah, exactly. Um, do you think that maybe <laughs> – do you think that maybe if the Canadians were to pass in the first round and maybe we look at the second on – um, do you think that maybe he could be a target? I do. Um, I have one guy ranked ahead of him, and that's the uh, the Slovak goalie that was at the World Juniors. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he um, he uh, really impressed, and he, of course, was draft eligible last year. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of a similar story to Dobish, really, you know. 
where he was passed over, uh, played in the NAHL, <laughs> you know, got right. uh, promoted to the USHL and uh, and impressed. But he uh, came in during the finish game that I was at. He came yeah, in. Yeah. He came in in relief. He came in in relief yeah. during that game, and then it was his net for the rest of the tournament. Yeah, and he was good, and he was the buzz of the tournament. You know, he was. He played very well. Yeah, uh, and he's a big kid and uh, competitive. Good, good at athleticism. Uh, I don't know that. I think Augustine would be. Uh, I mean, if you know, by the th- middle of the third round, if they haven't ta- taken a goalie and he's still there then yeah i could see them or perhaps you know i guess they'll have an early third round like do the canadians have their own third rounder this year i believe so then they'll be picking early in the third so uh yeah he might be considered you know third from the third round on i don't see them stepping up before that on him though because uh the size you know yeah he's not the ideal size and those last two games unfortunately that's what you know you, you tend to remember what you what you saw at the end and right. uh, and what you know they they let in a lot of goals and uh he wasn't great so i don't know i might even have him a little higher than what some nhl teams are, are ranking him at to be honest with you but uh i i think that they've cooled on him somewhat but certainly that i think that the uh, the slovak you know another get another slovak in the system there to go along with uh Dvorsky and Slavkovsky and well, yeah, if they take Dvorsky, we'll see. <laughs> um, Let that one yeah, slide Gayen, a little bit. <laughs> Gayen, <laughs> Gayen did impress me. Uh, I, I was there in the last game when Canada beat them in overtime and he faced, I think it was 117 shot attempts that he had to set for. And then after the game, as he was coming out to talk to the press, he Come was here. wiped out, tired, <laughs> slumped over, exhausted. Yeah. So this is a kid that'll give everything he has. Yes. Competitive, very competitive. Wants yeah. to win. Uh, just impressed the heck out of everybody there. And uh, his uh, his um, agent happens to be a, a friend of mine who used to work at McKean's and then was a scout for the Winnipeg Jets, Max Giese. He... Uh, you know, you don't see it often, but he went from scouting with the Jets to uh, becoming an agent this past year. And his first, very first client was this kid. And then he's, you know, to see, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's great. He He's ecstatic about it and uh, really looking forward to the draft with this kid. Now, what do you think the odds are that the Canadians will actually kick tires on maybe two goaltenders earlier on in this draft? <clears throat> Depends, I guess. If they, I mean, if they take one of the top two guys, I don't know that, you know, I don't know that they'll, they'll use a high, like another top 90 pick on a goalie, but it's possible. I mean, it'd be cool if they had Harabal and Gayen, you know, they, you know, you, you add in uh, Primo and, uh, and um, Dobish and that's a, that's a nice quartet going forward. I think they'd be set for sure. No doubts in my mind either. Yeah. I know I know we're fans of Dobash here on the show. Now that he yeah. is, you know, he's been a guest of ours a few times. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Good kid. He's a really good kid. He's got some swag to him there. If you ever ask him, like, yes, is this does. guy a good shooter? Ah, yeah, he's okay. Yeah. You know? <laughs> All right. You notice that with him? A little bit of yeah. 
Yeah. Bit of swag. He's, yeah. Oh, I love it. I love yeah. that. Oh, and that goalie, especially, you know, you don't want them afraid yeah, it's of It's kind of like that, that Carey Price kind of thing. Cause Price was like that too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, Billy Smith. Bit oh, of swag. God. My ankles hurt just hearing that name. <laughs> he, uh, it, Matt, that was a goalie back in the 1970s. <laughs> <laughs> you make me feel so young. He used young. to hit people a lot with his stick. <laughs> yeah. you, yeah. make me feel, you make yeah. me feel so young. He was a part-time lumberjack or full-time yeah. lumberjack. From the Ottawa uh, Valley. So, you know, I actually, I interviewed, I went out to... Uh, the family cottage of the Smiths and, and interviewed Billy and his brother Gord who played in the NHL as well about 15, 20 years ago and uh, it was fun he's quite a character, love him no. uh, Matt, you had any more questions on the end of the draft, uh, the end of the first round there? I got nothing at the end of the draft if you want to uh, to move on to well I had one more question about where you have someone here near the end of the first round, and that's uh, Samuel Honzik. Now, he got injured through the World Juniors, but this is a kid that he really caught my eye as he was going into the tournament, and I thought he played extremely well in the couple of games that he had before he had that unfortunate accident. Now, what did you see that from Honzik that you think, do you think he'll be a top six? What, what, what do you think from him? Geez, I wish you had told me that before I finalized my <laughs> rankings. I'm having higher there, Blaine. <laughs> Thanks for filling me in now. <laughs> Actually, a uh, couple of scouts uh, were a little disappointed in how he played in that game and a half, and that, I sort of brought him back down a little bit. But uh, um, it's nice to hear a, a diver divergence of opinion on that. Um, I thought he was fine, you know, in in those games. Um, certainly I've liked him in Vancouver. He's, you know, he's a, he's a guy that I could see going, uh, moving up into the top 20. Um, I, I tweeted out, uh, Sportsnet's January rankings. I don't know if you saw that earlier today. Uh, their top 10 from 2017 in January or their top 18 or whatever, like Heiskanen was 18, Makara was 10, Pedersen was 30. You know, just to give you an idea of it's early, you know, and there's going to be a yeah. lot of change in it. You know, people are, oh, well, Canadians have, you know, for two months I've been reading on their, well, they got to take Will Smith if they're picking five. And I mean, by draft day, he could be 20th in the rankings. He's already dropping right now. You know, Jaeger's dropping. Another guy that... Oh, I can't pass on him if they pick him at top seven. Well, I've got him 10 now or nine or whatever it is. So, you know, it's 10. Okay. Memory serves me correctly. <laughs> yeah, it's 10. <laughs> These guys bounce and, you know, they bounce around a lot. NHL scouts are in the same boat as me. You change your mind on on the list, like daily. You could You could just, when you finally finalize your list, you could, change your mind another 20 times you know uh but you finally have to finalize it and that's it uh but this is only midterm and there's a lot of racetrack to go and it wouldn't shock me if Hansik uh comes back and uh he ends up creeping into the top 20 or he might slide a bit or he might stay late first we'll see but 
yeah, I mean, big kid, good stats, uh, smart, you know, he's got some offensive skills. It, it, it wouldn't surprise me if he ended up uh, moving up in my rankings. Matt, what about you? What do you got? Want to move into defense? Sure. Okay, so your top defenseman, you have a number six, uh, which we talked a little bit about off air uh, with uh, Guliev, left-handed shot defenseman from the KHL. Um, what do you see in his game that you have him up ranked a little bit higher than uh, than some would, and mm-hmm. maybe uh, everybody go would. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, don't, um, don't be shy. Yeah. And then, and then maybe, and then maybe we'll go. We'll, you know, we'll pick a couple defensemen, maybe out of your top, your top thirty, top sure. thirty-two, and then we'll uh, we'll see your opinion on it. So if you want well, to, I mean, there's with, only uh, a couple. Yeah. No, is that <laughs> is that defenseman with an S or with a C? Depends where. Uh, who's your editor? Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. Okay. <laughs> Little yeah, inside you... joke there uh, between me and. <laughs> Me and uh, my writer. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I just, you know, I love five ten Russian defensemen. I mean, I always, I always rank them in the top 10, you know? Uh, no. Um, yeah. Obviously I must love the kid. Cause I, you know, how many Russian defensemen are there in the NHL? Right. Romanov, Orlov. Uh, then you start to, you know, Hmm not many right so and i mean i've had that point brought up to me by an nhl scout uh uh who will remain nameless but who won't be picking them um but yeah uh i just based on what i see obviously i love i think he's just super dynamic um i haven't seen a defenseman as skilled and as as good a skater as him since Matar in the draft so there's that he, uh, I, I don't know if you've seen the video that I posted. Uh, I posted something a couple of days ago on Twitter and made it free. And you can see it on YouTube, on my YouTube channel, Recruits. Uh, and it's on Twitter. But 15 minutes of him just uh, lugging the puck. And he is <laughs> super exciting. If you haven't seen it, and if your viewers haven't, take the time to have a look. And I think you'll have a better idea why I, I absolutely love this kid. And he's a... He, he, yeah, he's 5'10", and he's not real big, but he competes um, really good defensively. Like, I have no issues with his defensive game. He's really smart, and he, he's not a rover. He uh, He's always back. You know, when he gets the puck, yeah, he'll rush with it, but he's smart about it. He's not careless. Uh, a great passer, excellent passer, and um, best puck-carrying defenseman uh, may you know he, he he's on a level or or above Makar as far as puck rushing defenseman goes. It's just he's just unbelievable. So, uh, yeah, you're taking a chance on a Russian, but I mean I've got Michkov five. So what's the difference, right? There, if you love the kid and you think that he could be the best defenseman, and you think he can be a Makar type defenseman, that's where I rank him. Now, would I pick him there if I was an NHL team, Mike? I can understand why teams would would pass on him, but does he have um, uh, does he have uh, any contract obligations in the KHL right now? Yeah, I'm not sure about that. Okay. I don't think so. He's playing okay. junior predominantly. He, okay. uh, you know, 
Because I know Mitch because I know Mitchkov does. Right. And that's one of the reasons why he may not go top five, you know. Right. Um I mean, most scouts say, well, he's probably the second most talented player in the draft. Absolutely. But yeah. uh you know, because of the contract for another three years, because of the uncertainty in Russia. I mean, nobody's seen these guys live, right? right. It's pretty hard to pick a guy top five off a of video, even if it looks fantastic. Um, I mean, a lot of teams don't have even have Russian scouts working for them right now. They can't get money to them. Yeah, you know, can't get money through. You can't pay the guys. Right. Some don't have them on their staff at all this year. So I know there's teams that aren't going to pick any Russians in the draft. Don't know how many that is, but certainly some of the teams that I, that I uh, have contact with are not going to be taking Russians. So it's going to be very interesting. I'd be shocked if Guliev goes in the top 10, to be honest with you, but uh, skill wise, he's probably top four in this draft. He's just unbelievable. So on that Russian factor, uh, the Canadians now have someone who's the co-director of amateur scouting who spent a lot of time in Europe. So he mm-hmm. has some familiarity with some of these guys from watching them as they were younger. If one of them does slide to near the end of this this first round and the Canadians do have a third first round pick, would do you think they'll lean towards picking one of these guys versus going for that goaltender? Uh, a Russian? Yeah, uh, I don't think the Canadians will be picking any Russians at any point in the draft, no matter how, how far they slide. Based on what I've, uh, you know, the information that I've gleaned, I uh, I don't, you know, you, you think, well, okay, he's Russian, so the, it, it can work the other way too. He knows what's going on in Russia. He knows how uncertain everything is. And he, you know, it might be the opposite actually where he uh he's more reticent to pick russians than somebody that doesn't know the situation if you know where i'm where i'm coming from with yeah that. yeah so no i you know if you would ask me i'd say no they're not uh they're not going to pick a russian i don't think i'd be surprised i mean if michkov you know slides to the fourth round and they have <laughs> they have 18 picks yeah maybe yeah maybe they'll take him <laughs> oh my god i can't believe you're saying something like that hf boards is going to explode <laughs> <laughs> again yeah yeah it's always well, i mean after everything mm-hmm. anything you say boom mm-hmm. i haven't not been on hf boards in uh five or six years and i stopped getting coincidentally stopped getting uh gray hairs at that point <laughs> i got banned from the site so i'm happy Oh, did you? Okay. Oh, I did. I did. Good for you. Well, they didn't ban me, but, you know, they certainly kicked me off more than once back in the day. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't miss it at all. No. That way. No. Now, Glad Twitter came along. Yeah. Uh, I see, I'm looking at your list and I see a couple of kids from the queue uh, that I am familiar with and I'm pretty high on myself. So the first one is Ethan Gauthier and the other is Matthew Cataford. Now these two guys play similar games, 
but you have them about 12, 13 positions apart. Is it, is the bloodline for Goatsy a reason, uh, more of a reason to keep him higher on the list? Yeah. Uh, I don't know, did I move Catafort up to the early 30s? I, no, no, sorry, uh, 20, 20 some odd places. He's 40 <laughs> yeah, okay. second. Yeah. Yeah. I say, geez, did I? Yeah. Okay. Because I've got Goche at 20, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And Catterford's about 42 or 41. All right. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I don't have the list in front of me. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't think Catterford's is uh, competitive as Goche. Uh, but they do have some similarities in their game. I agree. Other than I think that's what gives uh, Goche the edge, you know. Maybe a little bigger too. I'm not, but they're they're yeah, close slightly, the slightly if anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know the Halifax factor. I mean, gee, you know. Well, clearly, I'm surprised that you like him. Actually, that that kind of you know, is, <laughs> is he the new Zach Larue or what? So was Larue ended up? Did he end up getting picked about where he should have after all? Or do you think? Or do you think people they should have picked him top twenty after all? Or what do you think? Uh, I don't remember what this in, Zachary, is in reference to. Did I Zachary Larue? <laughs> you don't, eh? Okay, no, I no. just I remember that you liked him a lot, and I just wondered whether you thought you, whether you thought that was he was he picked where he should have been? Do you think based on what you've seen since? Oh, oh, Larue. Um, yeah, no, he got picked around where I thought he was going to get picked, but I don't think yeah. he's been as impactful as um, okay as he could have been. Yeah, I don't. He hasn't really progressed. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, yeah. I know, like, um, you know, in his draft year, at times, uh, I I seem to recall you, you know, thinking that he might be a top twenty guy or whatever, and and then on draft day he went what thirty early thirties or something. He was a first rounder, like twenty five, something like that. Oh, was he okay? Twenty five, yeah. okay. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I were to do a redraft now, I don't think I'd take him in the first round, but you know, uh, I don't think he's that far off. You know, I think that, that, that we were about right on him, you know, um, certainly a lot different player than, than Cataford, you know, like they aren't, yes. they aren't the same type player, you know, um, he, uh, Cataford is, uh, you know, is, is a decent junior. Now, does his game translate to the NHL? Uh, that's where, you know, it, there's a little more question and probably why he doesn't go in the top 40. But certainly, you know, if you were picking a, if you were picking a team to play for the Memorial Cup next year, you'd pick him probably top 20 because he's going to be a great junior the rest of his career. But does it translate to the pro that's where the question is. And, and unfortunately, he's not overly big, you know, uh, maybe not the best skater. And uh, um, NHL scouts, of course, love the size skating combo. That's That may hurt him a little bit on draft day. I think somewhere between 40 and 60, I see him going. Uh, but I like him, and I, that's why I put him near, you know, closer to 40 than I did to 60. How many pitchforks do you think will be pulled out if Montreal passes over him? Catterford? 
yeah. or Gauthier. or anybody from yeah or anybody from Quebec. Yeah, well, or that has a French sounding so name. <laughs> yeah, I think I don't think I think Gauthier'd be the one where yeah, if he's there with the Florida pick and you know they pass on him, uh, there might be some uh, humming and on. But of course, if it's closer to eleven than twenty, then I don't think people will have because I don't see Gauthier ranked top 12 and too many lists or anything i don't think so uh yeah i love the goche kids uh compete though he at the ivan Holenka in the summer him and uh lind did you watch the top prospect game did either of you guys catch the i caught so i got i caught i caught some of it okay i was working well so. <laughs> uh lind uh who's all of about 160 pounds uh took a couple runs at mateo man uh, six five, two hundred twenty pound, uh, Q defenseman, and uh, actually hit him hard, and it just you know all the scouts kind of oh, remembered back to the to the Olenka and just how competitive that kid is, you know. Goche and him were the most competitive at the Olenka in the summer, and really uh, impressed. And Goche, I think the impressive thing about him as well was that uh, when Wa, jo- uh, Josh Wa was at the uh, world juniors he he kept producing you know and showed that he doesn't have to play with raw to put up points so that that's going to impress the the scouts as well right so going into the if we want a little segue into the into the top prospects game um just your opinion <laughs> really quick um some people gave Connor bedard a little bit of flack for not putting up you know, a monumental performance where he put up four or five goals or anything like that. Do you, do you think that, do you think that that's warranted? Cause I, I don't think it, I don't think it's warranted. It's a, it's a, it's a prospects game and we know that this guy is going to go number one. Um, He's a generational talent is, is what they're calling him. And he, and he's, he's produced all throughout his career. Do you really think that he should be deserving of the flack that mm. some people were giving him for uh not maybe putting up a record-breaking performance at the prospects game. <laughs> Absolutely not. No, I don't think it's relevant at all. Yeah, you know, I agree. Uh, and I mean, yeah, you're playing. It's an all-star game, and you're playing with new line mates. You know, they switched their uh, winger after the first period. Like they had Petrie playing with them, and I thought they they were the best line in the first period. And then they took Petrie off the line and put a kid that I don't even have ranked on the on the wing. You know, so uh no not at all and oh yeah like the the gold medal game he didn't get a point in the top prospect so yeah <laughs> right you know right um drop drop him down the bust. five drop <laughs> down total the five. bust yeah right. yeah so keeping so keeping with that um somebody that i thought looked good during that game and wore a c for the opposite team and colby barlow can you talk a little bit about him oh yeah uh, you never see him play a poor game, I don't think. No. Barlow's just, uh, he's his safest pick, I think, in this draft. Yeah. Like you you are getting a middle line uh, uh, winger all day, maybe yeah. even the first line. If, he seems yeah. kind of like a coach's dream. Yeah. Like a straight is. straight line player. Yeah. Puts the puck in the net, yeah. yeah. He's not going to dangle uh, too, too much, but get him in the offensive zone and get him the puck and it ends up in the net, you know. Yeah. The like kids eighteen smart. and kids eighteen's already got a better beard than I do. So oh, I know. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it's funny. Like there, there are there are scouts that that uh, um, dock them for that. 
uh, <laughs> if I, oh, well, he's, you know, he's mature already. How much more growing is he? Well, who cares? He's a hell of a player already. Yeah, and he's already got some size. 36 goals. Yeah, he's not, doesn't have to get any bigger, nope. you know, uh, maybe a little quicker, but I mean, they all do. And uh, no, he doesn't have to get stronger, bigger. Um, he's uh, and a great kid too. Every you know, he wore a C that was warranted. Uh, in the summertime, he two two shorties there for Canada and the that that really got them going. He's uh, you know he can kill penalties. He can play uh, on your first power play, um, middle lines all day. So he's going to be a fifteen to twenty minute. NHL player, I, I do believe, and uh, he's not going to hurt you out there defensively or offensively. So, yeah, some team's going to be really happy to get him. Uh, going to the top of your 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 rankings now, uh, clearly Bedard's at the top, but how much of a gap is there really between Bedard and Fantilli on your list, like talent-wise in your your opinion? Uh, well, there's, there's, it's certainly undisputed, you know, um, I mean, in a regular draft year, Fantilli is in the, you know, conversation for first overall, for sure, but not, you know, it'd be like, uh, well, you know, Fantilli or McDavid, well, you know, you take McDavid, right? (laughs) So it's that kind of a, you know gap where it's it's just um skill and and brain or just uh at another level with with bedard so but i mean fantilli at the end of the day he may end up helping you win more playoff games than bedard you know it's hard to say bedard's going to get you to the playoffs every year is what i like to say and maybe fantilli helps you win you know those tight playoff games like certainly the last two games if you wanted to uh, compare who played better in the U.S. and the uh, Czech games, Fantilli or Bedard, you can make an argument that Fantilli was better. So, you know, when when, uh, when it was all on the line, the big 6'3", powerful, skating, uh, competitive, uh, you know, guy was the, was the more effective player. So, you know... Uh, you can't go wrong picking him too. If you, you lose the lottery, it's down to the, you know, how it is. It's two guys, the two teams left and there's the lose, the runner up. Well, you're not going to be uh, too sad to uh, just like Buffalo when, you know, they ended up with Eichel, but <laughs> yeah. Okay. Bad example. right? <laughs> but uh, I mean, uh, different character levels i think with eichel and fantilli fantilli is a high character he was asked to play you know it's tough you go into there and they're comparing you to to it's either you or bedard you want to go in there and and show them that you're as good and he gets you know he tries too hard tries to do too much in the first game they 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 put him down on a bottom line roll and uh he bought in you know, checked his ego at the door, like uh, Gretzky said at the Salt Lake Olympics, and uh, played harder than anybody. I thought, competed harder than any uh, any player on the team. So, 
major marks and, and the coach Stefan Julian said that like he just he was great about the whole thing so you uh you have to love Fantilli and you I, I see him as the uh unquestionable number two at this point I mean he's leading NCAA in scoring you know as a freshman too he's even he's playing better there than at the world juniors you don't just judge it on what you saw at the world juniors you you look at the whole year and to be uh six three center playing center for the first time in the last few years first line center on Michigan who is a powerhouse uh points per game leader uh, second now in scoring. Sorry, he's a point behind another guy, but but leading the, you know, college in points per game. I As mean, an undrafted wow. player, <laughs> yeah. that's yeah, that's yeah. that's a heck of a second pick, that's for sure. Uh, he's clearly going to be touted as a for a future top line center. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, if uh, Edmonton takes him or something, maybe he's a second line center. But sure like uh, uh all day like top 10 I, I think he can become a top 10 center in, in the league if if everything comes together so that's uh that's <laughs> that's a dynamite second pick now the top of this draft is very heavily leaned over towards centers and fantelli you got him as a future number one center but you brought up a, th- a guy onto your third uh, your third position here that some people just don't see even in the top eight. And that's Dalbor Dvorsky, the mm-hmm. Slovakian center. Um, is he also someone you see as a, uh, maybe a top 20 center in the league? Uh, he might be a number two center, but he might become like a self key trophy winner. He's just so good defensively, two-way, absolutely terrific uh, uh, defensive centerman. Um, Now, you know, he he, last year the the Shane Wright comparisons to Bergeron got thrown around, and I didn't like that comparison, as you you probably remember. But uh, that's one that I throw out there is that, he reminds me a, a, a bit of uh, Bergeron in his draft year, where is he going to be a 90-point scorer every year? No. But if he can bring, you know, he can, if he can bring to the table uh, what a Bergeron can, then, you know. But certainly, it depends on the team. If uh, they have a need for a number one center and they have a, a Marshall and Pasternak to put with them, yeah, he can be a top 20 center in the league. You know, it all depends on on situation, uh, team opportunity, uh, you know, it's hard to say definitively, yeah, he's going to be a top 20 center. It depends, depends on the team, depends on who he plays with, uh, depends on his development. But I think, uh, people are looking a little too strongly at point totals with him. You know, he only, oh, well, he only got three points at the, uh, well, he was a 17 and a half year old playing a top two center role against Bedard, against Cooley, against and shut them down. He was on the ice for two goals against in the tournament, playing 18 minutes a game uh, as a shutdown center at 17 and a half years of age. I can't recall, you know, anybody in that situation that that's ever done that, you know, 
uh, I think it's being, um, I think his offensive game is being underrated because he didn't put up big point totals, but that wasn't his role. They asked him to come in and shut down the best players, junior players in the world, and he did to, for the most part. Um, two years ago, we played at the Halenka as a 16-year-old and uh, scored eight goals in five games. That's really the last time he played against guys close to the same age. And that's how dominant he was. He only second to Michkov in points. He had more than he had more than Slavkovsky. He played on a line with Slavkovsky and Meshar. You know? Sounds like so, a decent line. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds <laughs> like a kind of, you know, maybe a future NHL line down down the road, you know? Maybe. I, I mean, uh, what would we call that line? The Slovaks? Yeah, if, that, if he were to be drafted <laughs> by the Canadians somehow, what would we call that? The Slovaks. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, mean, I don't know. Uh, you're putting me on the spot there. The, 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 Grant, w- the Grant was right line. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, sure. Sure, I'll go for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, you you put him ahead of Leo. <laughs> you put him ahead of Leo Carlson in your list, which is yeah. something a lot of other people haven't done. Right. In watching the tournament everybody. myself, yeah, well, almost everybody. In watching the tournament myself, <laughs> I don't fault you for this. I've I watched these two guys play very closely, and while Carlson has that that tantalizing high end skill, he seemed very inconsistent. Whereas Dvorsky was, you could set your watch to his game. He was. He was technically sound in every aspect. So yeah. for me, yeah. with that offense that you mentioned, I would put him ahead. Yeah. And uh, plus, he's you know he's going to be a center, you know. And yes. Carlson's probably going to be a winger. We haven't seen him play, you know, center. Um, and he's, uh, he's certainly not as competitive. Like, he won't go to the dirty areas uh, consistently. He's not, you know, that's the part of Carlson's game that needs to come. Like he can't at his size, he can't play a fancy game at the NHL level. He's going to have to use his body. He's going to have to go to the dirty areas. Uh, didn't really see that at the World Juniors, but I mean, he just turned eighteen, and you know, you, you you can cut him a little bit of slack on that, and that part of his game will probably come. But there's no question marks with that with Dvorsky. You know, he's gonna he's gonna uh, yeah. That's that's the thing that everybody says. He's just so complete. You know, he, uh, he, uh, competitive two-way smart centerman that, that has untapped offensive potential. So, um, yeah, I've been surprised that the, these rankings have had, I think, like I saw on elite prospects when I was looking at the stats, anywhere from nine to 19, uh, and that's just, I mean, and talking to NHL scouts, they just, they're with me on that. Like, what you see in the public list with him, nine to nineteen, that's not where NHL team. He's top ten all day on on NHL lists and top five on on a bunch of them. So I've got that confirmed that uh, you know having him three is not by any means a stretch. So I want to go into one more thing that we talked about off air. Um, you've got Zach Benson at 12 and apparently a few people aren't, uh, quite a fan of your ranking of him. Could you, uh, maybe break that down a little bit? 
What? Uh, yeah. Well, they look at the stats, right? Oh, this is a second or third in WHL scoring. So, and, uh, you know, I mean, just like last year, I think Savoy was top five in Bob's rankings all, yeah. all year. So everyone, you know, when I had him 15 or whatever it was in the midterms, it was the exact same thing. Right. Oh, there's no way he's not top five. He should be going three to Montreal and, you know, you read it all in January yet. And Zach Benson at the end of the day is a five, nine winger that doesn't skate very well, you know, for everything that's great about him. And there's, I mean, I absolutely love the kid. Don't get me wrong. He, there, he, his motor is just amazing. He just goes, goes, goes. He's very creative. He's very smart. I mean, you're starting a, again, a, like Catafort, you're starting a, WHL or a, a team next year for junior, you want to win a championship, you pick Benson maybe first overall, you know, well, no, maybe second to Bedard, I guess. But uh, uh, I mean, you're picking guys for the NHL. And um, I look back at the drafts between 2014 and 2018, uh, just to see how many guys, um, uh, who are five nine or small or shorter are in the top thirty in points from their draft years? One guy, Debrinkat, in those five years of drafting, that's five nine or shorter, that's in the top thirty scores from their draft year. So you know, uh, based on the fact that he's not he's not a great skater, he's five nine. Uh, he doesn't have a great shot. Uh, just about all of his goals. I went through uh, all his goals there and um, just about all of them are tip-ins from passes from Savoy, you know. Um, he, I don't know that he's going to be a, a goal scorer at the NHL level. He'll be a playmaker, uh, playmaking, probably a second-line playmaking winger. That's not a tough, you know, 5'9", playmaking winger that doesn't score a lot of goals. That's not a top five pick uh, in this draft. There's uh, there's better fits than that. So as much as I love the kid, uh, just like with Savoy last year, you got to be realistic. I mean, Marco Rossi was a five nine, hundred and twenty point scoring center yeah. in junior in his junior year, who was excellent defensively, who was just great. He went ninth overall. Right. At the end of the day. You know, you'll see, you see him on these public lists at five. I'd be shocked if if an NHL team picks him uh, top five. I really would. Now, I'm looking at sliders, possible sliders. And before the World Juniors, I was watching Saleh from the Czech Republic, uh, the Chechen team. And I was wondering, maybe this kid will be a top 10, maybe. Because he's got the size. He seems to have good hands, really good skater, but you watch him on the list prior to and post tournament, <laughs> he has slid. So <clears throat> I think my opinion, he'll be, a, he might slide further down the list. Is that something that you could see? Yeah. You often see that, you know, once they start sliding, it's, uh, you know, like that list of 2017 that I put there, Comtois, <laughs> Max Comtois. He yeah. was, uh, I mean, right up until probably December of his draft year, he was top five on a lot of lists. Then that January sports night, he was 15. By draft day, he was 50. 
you know, uh, I mean, kids can, can slide. I mean, talent wise, he's top 10. When you look at the size, the skill, the, the shot and stuff, but, uh, bravery competitive wise, he's seventh round, you know, uh, he, he really, he really disappointed, uh, a lot of scouts, including myself and, and you obviously, uh, at, at the world juniors, um, he's not very brave. He doesn't uh, have much uh, interest in, in competing for, you know, uh, battling in the corners and uh, NHL coaches uh, are not going to like that too much. He's going to have to certainly switch, turn his game around a lot. Um, and yeah, he, he could slide. I mean, I have him now towards, uh, you know, late teens and uh, that's not where he should be based on his talent, but, Based on his competitiveness, uh, that might even be too high. Now you mentioned one other person when we were talking off air uh, that could possibly be someone that teams will avoid. A centerman from the United States. Yeah. Someone who has a, a famous name, you know. I don't want to say it because I don't want him to slap me for putting his name in well, my mouth. I was going to say, yeah. And it's not a slap in the face to him to, you know, for me to drop him out of the top 10, but yeah. Uh, yeah. The fresh Prince there from the U S uh, development team. He, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I saw it a while ago in watching uh, him on video. I mean, you have to study it when you're watching like, um, Five Nations Cups games and stuff, you maybe have a tendency to focus on the puck because you're looking at a lot, you know. Uh, but then I started to, uh, and he was really good with the puck in those tournaments. So everybody kind of, yeah, he's really good, you know, skill wise, maybe he's top five. And you saw that in a lot of lists. And I even had him at six at one point. Um, but away from the puck, he, uh, he hangs out at the opposition blue line, just about, you know, he, he's a centerman and he, and he has no interest in back checking uh, most of the time. Um, just uh, coasts around, you know, goes around in circles, yeah. uh, looking for the puck opportunistic. Now, when you're a winger, you can sometimes get over, you know, Brett Hull could get away with that, you know, cause he'd score yeah. 70 goals, you know, but this kid's not going to score 70 goals. He's not a winger. Uh, you know, he, maybe he ends up being a, a, a winger because NHL an NHL team, if he, if he plays like that away from the puck is not going to play him uh, as a centerman. That's for sure. Um, like his skill. Uh, he's not overly big. Like he's, he's under six feet. So, so there's that as well. If you're under six feet and you're a centerman, you better show that you're willing to compete and play well defensively because you're not going to be a top two center in the NHL if you don't, no matter how skilled you are. So there's questions there now. And he's dropped some, I dropped him out of the top 10. And uh, if he doesn't, uh, and, and Oliver Moore is ahead of him now, another center with the U.S. team who played way better than him at the top prospects. Um bunch of scouts were I talked to a couple that saw him on Friday them on Friday night as well better again like uh considerably better competes harder better skater the whole work so he is now on NHL lists and on on mine he's now ahead of Smith 
in the rankings. And uh, I love Leonard. And I, I, before these last two games, I, you know, I didn't have him ahead of Smith, but I, but I told my, my scouting friends that I prefer him and that I probably will. And now they're, they're kind of agreeing with me on that. So at this point, Smith's third between those three. Uh, I mean, he can still, if he, if he competes and if he plays hard, he can still be the top U.S. guy. But right now, that's in major. That's a major question mark, and that's why he is slid. So on that on that team is whether the line the line is what is it's, it's Leonard Smith and Perot. It was okay. Uh, they they switched it up and they put uh, uh, more more and Leonard together okay. in the last few games. And uh, they've got parole with Smith and uh, um, I'm not sure who the, the other winger is, but uh, so they, they've kind of switched it up a bit, but they did have the three of them on, on a line together and, and very, you know, very uh, skilled and smart. So it very dangerous trio, right? but uh, certainly not Leonard was like the defensive conscious of the, of the line, you know? Uh, and I think you'll probably see him, end up back with them if uh smith doesn't start playing better defense because they're going to need they're going to need somebody that you know he ended up being the guy back just about all the time you know what the centerman's supposed to be the one deep and uh invariably it's leonard that end that ended up you know checking the opposing center in the slot because uh smith was back at the other team's blue line most of the time right You had one more question. So my last question for you, uh, looks like the Canadians likely going to finish say five to seven, give or take. Um, hopefully Florida stops beating Boston and, uh, (laughs) you know, goes on, goes on a little bit of a losing streak and, uh, you know, maybe see somewhere between, I'm going to say 10 and 14, 10 and 15. Mm. Um, hopefully, hopefully they miss. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Hopefully they yeah. miss the playoffs. Um, if it happens that they did miss the playoffs and they were in that realm and Canadians do have their pick, who would you pick draft day right now for the Canadians with their pick and with Florida's pick? Uh, five to seven. Yeah. One for uh, Montreal's pick at five to seven yeah. and then Florida's pick as well. Who would you well, pick? um, I mean, it, you know, obviously it depends on who, who's there. Right. Uh, I mean, who would you like to see there? Well, I mean, the, the, it's possibility that Dvorsky's there. Yeah. And I mean, that would be a no brainer for me to, to grab Dvorsky at between five and seven. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's dependent. Uh, uh, don't think they take Michkov, you know? Uh, someone like a Barlow would be a great, uh, great kid to have, uh, five to seven, right. Uh, maybe the more, uh, you know, another speedy centerman wouldn't be a bad, bad to add as well, who, who, who might end up on the wing, but you, you like that versatility where you can have, you know, a kid that can play both. Um, uh, those are three names that I would consider certainly at, at five to seven. Um, at this point, 
I realize they're not going to take Guliaev, or I'd say him. <laughs> they have uh, Lane Hudson, uh, you know, right. the undersized left defenseman, right? So if they didn't, I'd, I'd say, yeah, all day. But um, now uh, 10 to 14, we'll see with the goalie, but I'd like, I'd really like to, them to get the uh, rabble, you know, and if you got to step up to take them at 10 to 14, you do it. They've got, <laughs> I mean, there's a chance that they're so deep in prospect depth and, and organizational depth now with the prospects that, you know, there's a chance that they took a forward at 10 to 14 that he may not play in the top six. So, you know, goalie that could be a starter or uh, a guy that may end up on your third line right. down the road. Well, you, you know, legitimate starter would be the, the need, certainly the needs there. So right. if he ends up being, you know, the Askarov of this draft that, that teams are going to want in the top 15, uh, I say go for the, use that 11th or 14th pick on, on the goalie and then you're, you're set there. Okay. I don't think there'll be a defenseman. Like, I don't like any of the other defensemen top 14 uh, right defenseman. That would be, you know, that'd be nice. But I think if they get that third first round pick, there's a, there's a clump of them and in the twenties that, uh, that would be appealing uh, that, that I, you know, that they may consider taking with the third one, but I think maybe uh, uh, top 15, if the value is just not there to be taken a right defenseman. You, you'd be stepping over, you'd be going with need over BPA. And I never, I never like to see a team do that. It's all about collecting assets. You can always move, you can always move assets to, uh, to fill needs at other positions. Right. Which takes me to my final question. Um, you've got the midterms. <laughs> yeah. You, you got the midterm rankings out. Everything's done. Yeah. Uh, NHL teams have had theirs put together. Uh, they had their meetings. How much, uh, what's the approach between now and the final team meeting before they, uh, before a team puts together its final list? Cause you talk about value of pick versus, uh, the impact of a player, how much does all that play in when they're deciding who to chase down, who to watch between now and the draft? I'm not really sure uh, what you're what you're getting at there. Well, you've got uh, NHL teams have put their midterm rankings yeah. together as well. Yeah. And they're looking like at setting up to watch specific players between now and then based on where they're expecting to draft obviously uh clearly they'll rank everybody but they're going to target specific players so they can really narrow it down how much value do teams put on uh that impact like you mentioned positionally and uh prospect depth wise how, how does that all play in well that's a good question and i you know i i I mean, I did scout with, with the Canadians uh, for a couple of years, but I wasn't, uh, you know, I wasn't in on all these meetings and uh, and privy to, you know, how exactly it goes down. So I can't honestly answer that, you know, knowingly, you know, I'd be, my guess is as good as yours probably on how that all goes down, you know, maybe a little, a little more informative, but 
you're you're pretty informed, you know. But well, uh, no trick. I mean, <laughs> uh, 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 like uh, you got to be careful with the with the BPA thing and Terry. I think they honestly try to put the best list together, and and uh, you know if uh, if on draft day a guy drops that, uh, um, you know where where they're going to pick their top guy isn't at the ideal position unless they're uh, you know if there's a gap between the two they're going to pick the bpa regardless most of the time but if they're close then they'll lean towards the need you know uh, a lot of time will be spent on trying to figure out where guys are going to be drafted you know doing their own mock drafts what what other teams like uh you know you go through all the scenarios um and, and talk to teams and, and see about maybe moving up and down in the draft. And um, the, I think the Canadians this year, it's going to be very interesting because they, they could well have three first round picks and, and, the, and two or three seconds and thirds. And uh, you could see some bouncing up and down, you know, it, Kent Hughes already showed last year that he's more uh, willing to, uh, to make draft aid, you know, to wheel and deal when he, when he traded Romanov to get the 13th pick. And then they tried their best to uh, move up to the top eight to get Osland, which was quite interesting because I had him ranked number two. <laughs> so <laughs> I, will, I would have absolutely loved that. But, you know, Kirby Doc's looking like he was a pretty, pretty decent consolation prize. You know, he, okay. uh, he's really looked good in the last couple of weeks, hasn't he? He has. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, but yeah, you know, I, I think that you got to be careful with the, the targeting thing and, uh, and really, because ideally you're picking guys for three to five years down the road and your roster can look completely different than it did. You know, it, it's funny when you look at the Canadians roster five years ago and what their needs were going into the draft and what, you know, what their needs are now it's sometimes it's like it's complete flip-flop you know i mean three four years ago they had weber and 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 petrie on the right side and they weren't you know they remember they they drafted all those left defensemen yeah and then uh, the next year you know holy frig we need a right defenseman all of a sudden right and that so they they kind of went out on a limb and took a kid named Mayu in the first round, you know, because uh, he was a right defenseman. <laughs> I mean, as it's turning out, that may end up being uh, a good thing for them, but certainly at the time, people didn't think so. But, you know, it's it just an example of, of where if you're trying to draft for need, it can change in like within a year, you know. So all of a sudden, uh, Petrie's playing like crap you know uh weber gets hurt and now he's retired and then all of a sudden geez we need right defensemen well you know you, you hope looking back in that year that they picked all those left defensemen that they didn't say well i like this right defenseman more than the guy we're going to take but we're going to take the left defenseman because that's our need so i don't think you got to be careful not to make that mistake pick the best player uh, things change you know you can always trade guys and Montreal's going to have such 
a deep prospect pool after this draft that they'll be able to plug in holes down the road by getting rid of really good prospects that they aren't going to have a spot for on the team. So I say draft, take the BPA and uh, worry about, uh, you know, let the coaches uh, figure out who, who are the best, who are the best guys and trade the assets that, uh, you don't have a spot for the surplus and uh, keep, uh, keep building. Right. Does that make sense? Well, that's, yeah, that makes perfect <laughs> sense to me. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> I, I've got the, I've got the conspiracy theorist board going. I've got all the yarn running around. And I got, I only got two circles in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right on. Matt, do you have anything else? That's all I got. I know you got to get to football. So (laughs) are you ready for some football? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, It's uh, go bills. Go. Oh no. Wait, wait, (laughs) damn. Way to just throw their fans right through a table. (laughs) (laughs) Always a pleasure guys. No, you know, we love it when you come out here and go wide, right. For, uh, for all of the stuff that we ask. (laughs) Norwood. Yeah. memories uh no i i want to thank you for coming on to the show again uh you yeah. you you always you're always willing to come on and talk hockey with us and we really appreciate that um some of our listeners they, they some of them enjoy it some hate watch some of them <laughs> some of them just do it so they control us but we really do appreciate you coming on and um uh, i know treg is is upset that he couldn't make it to this one but yeah maybe the next time Oh yeah, for sure. I hope I hope he's uh, he's on board next time. Let's make her soon That's before right. the draft, guys. Right? Yes, we're definitely okay. gonna have to do it again before the draft. Sounds so, good. So, uh, for our listeners, I want to thank you guys for listening, for tuning in, uh, sending us those questions, sending us uh, feedback. We really appreciate that. Uh, you guys help make this show fun. Uh, sometimes Grant comes on and makes it a little bit more fun. So we really appreciate all of you. And remember, if you're talking about it, so are we. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jag and Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.